0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer
1: the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Me, because there's so much talk these days
0: that I don't want to hear. cast live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Twenty-nine other MLB clubs. Two-two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one way back. Gone for Cody Bellinger. hits one out. Beat he on. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us. Next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
3: Oh, we are back. A's cast live from the field as we're getting you ready for a four-game set between the Athletics and the Texas Rangers. It's a long homestand. We got fireworks on Saturday night. Sunday, we got uh, Root Beer Float Day. Going to be a lot of fun bringing my family out. And you know the coolest thing about Root Beer Float Day is normally it's like on a Wednesday or a Thursday and it's a day game. Monday through Friday. Well, this this time, oh, script, we're falling apart already with the wind. Uh This time it's on a Sunday. So we can all let our, our, our hair out on this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have my family there going to be scooping. So it's going to be a start of a really good homestand for the Oakland Athletics after a road trip that, let's face it, was tough. You go to Minnesota, you go to Houston, that's a tough roadie. That's a big boy roadie right there. And they come back three and four from that road trip. I don't think that's that bad. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Let's face it. What do we have going today? Well, coming up later on on A's cast, you are not going to hear the traditional broadcast. You are going to hear Eno Saris and Vince Catronio are going to do basically an analytics broadcast where they're going to focus a lot on the analytics and the data and sabermetrics of baseball. You'll still have the regular broadcast with the Hall of Famer and the Voice of Summer, Ken Korak. He'll be with Ray Fossey. That is going to be on 860 AM, The Answer, and also on Sports 1140 KHDK. I've got to be uh, eleven forty Sports 1140 KHTK. A lot more love because we've noticed there's a lot of you up in Sacramento listening to A's Cast and A's Cast Live and in the Valley and in the North. So thank you very much. I used to actually be on Sports 1140 KHDK. I had a little... uh, let's just say a little run in with a, a radio company called CBS back in the day. And then once we uh, came back together and settled things, they had me work on K H D K back in the day. So some of you might remember me, uh, Larry Kruger and I did a show up on there on weekends for a while. It was a lot of fun. So A lot of love for everybody up in Sacramento and in Northern California. Had some great times, actually, up in Sac. You can get into a little trouble in downtown Sacramento, let me tell you. So we're going to have Eno and Vince promoting this broadcast at 4.30. The broadcast, the analytics broadcast, you'll hear on AceCast. And then Eric Nadel, the Hall of Famer, the voice of the Texas Rangers, is going to join us at 4.45. And then we'll have Dave Cavill. As yesterday, Rick White from the Atlantic League was the most important interview maybe of all time. This interview with Dave Cavill might trump that today. And there's one reason why. Is it about the stadium? No. We will get into the stadium. We will get into what he's been doing. But the most important thing today is I'm going to pitch him my idea that I think can make me, and remember, a good host always brings it back to himself, I'm going to try and make myself some money. And I think Dave Cabell. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Dave all the credit. It can be Dave's idea. I just want to capitalize on it. So here's the deal. We know that robo-umps are coming to Major League Baseball. People may not like it, but it's coming. So my plan is I need to get the millennials involved. So once we have the robo-ump for strike zones, I want to create an app. So when you're at the ballpark, you can actually – because when you're down the lines, right, or you're upstairs, you can't see the strike zone. I want to put the strike zone robo-ump on your phone and have the technology like in tennis to follow the ball everywhere it goes. In between innings, you have your sponsors. In between pitches, you can put up advertising. You can do anything you want. I'm going to make us a lot of money today, Cody. And there he is. Turn around. Just show the man. Look at that. That's greatness. That's absolute greatness. That's the face of the franchise. He's a two-time World Series champion. He's a two-time All-Star. Two-time Gold Glover. He is the great Ray Fossey. Welcome home, Fos. Yeah, I'm not losing that much weight. More weight. No, I, I, the problem is I lost all the weight for the beach, and then I, after the beach house, I gained it all back. He must be desperate for guests because he's- I'm never. How desperate? You just walked over your step a little closer. Whenever I can have Ray Fosse
4: on, are you kidding me? How are you, buddy? How are you? How was Wondering. the trip? It was a great trip. It was a great trip. I mean you play those seven games, I mean that's postseason games.
3: Yeah, we, we I was you just play. talking about it like, you know, you go three and four, but I don't think it was a bad three and four because no. that was a you're you are taking on Minnesota, you're yeah. taking on Houston. Houston's a really good team.
4: Could've lost more than that. I mean if you if you think about of course they should have won the first one when uh, Rosario hit the three run home run and uh, I mean had a lead there but you know you think about the comeback that they had with two outs in the ninth inning when uh, Canada got hit in the back foot and Oriana with a double and next thing you know all good things were happening so I mean it's uh, you know it's it's a fun time and to see them playing as well as they are, it's pretty good.
3: So the thing I was thinking about with you now that you've you've shown up here on the program, it'll be long. I'm
4: looking for my interview. So is we that was doing? <laughs> but that's fine. You're just buying time. Yeah, but I'll talk to you anytime. So you, if he goes, if he goes by, I'll talk to him upstairs. So. When you, when
3: the uh, couple times you got traded, it was always in the off season, right?
4: Uh, except for when I was basically waived because the Mariners thought I was going to uh, test free agency, so they said, "Get the heck out of here." Oh, no, Cleveland did. I'm sorry, Cleveland did. And I I remember having a a conversation with the late Phil Segui when he called me in the office in Cleveland uh, around the trading deadline. And uh, he said, you know, where it is that you want to get out of here? Can't wait to be traded. I said, what? I said, you're lucky. I'm one of the only two maybe that ever wanted to stay in Cleveland their whole career, which I did. Dwayne Kuiper was the other one. We both got traded out west, and, you know, we've been working here. But. Uh, but i was waived at that time and then seattle picked me up because that was prior to my free agent year in 78 and they tried to sign me which it didn't happen you know you get a chance to test free agency and much different then than now um i got 110 a year for four years now they're getting 110 million for four years Yeah, now they're, now they're getting but, 200 yeah, 300 yeah. now 400 million it's, uh, it's unbelievable yeah. But, know, yeah but it's uh it's it's a um, it's tough really in, in the case of homer bailey coming to the a's you know he, and, and I know even when I got traded to the A's in uh, 73 before spring training, you know, that was 10 days, and I had a staff to learn. And I, I talked to Chris Herman on the road, and uh, he came back from knee surgery. Remember, he had surgery on March the 8th. So he, he didn't get that much playing time in spring training. And he comes back, and then he's got to learn all these pitchers that are on the staff midstream. I mean, then that's not easy to do. He came back July, almost four months. And, uh but he's done an exceptional job. He's done a very good job. And, hey, by the way, did you happen to see uh, that huge game in New York and Minnesota the other night? That went forever. It seemed Five like five-hour Yeah, game. I mean, it was going like crazy. But the uh, the thing about it that I noticed, I was watching, got back to the hotel and turned on MLB, and they had the game on. And uh, the interesting thing, when we were in Minnesota watching Mitch Garver and Jason Castro, a couple of guys down on one knee all the time, and I'm thinking, how can they do that? Well, it happened to Garver. He had runners of first and third. Cole, I uh, uh, can't think of the guy who was pitching. Cole Stewart was pitching, and he's down on one knee, and he threw a curveball to his right. He couldn't reach it. The ball got by.
2: Because he was down on Cause one, knee. one knee.
4: Because he's limited in what they can do. So what one thing I, I saw with Chris Herman and, and Josh Fegley both up right, and I asked uh, uh, Marcus Jensen, the, the A's bullpen catcher, and I said, you know, how they do that? He says, I don't know. He said it's a new way of trying to get strikes and bring them in the strike zone and stuff. But, you know, the bottom line, it's, uh, it's not that easy to do. And, but uh, he got caught, and I was kind of happy to see it happen, you know, because, <laughs> because I figured how can you do that? You know, you, you can't stay that way and block balls because yeah. your mobility is limited when you're down on one knee, especially with runners on base. So, but anyway, the uh, team's playing well, and uh, considering where they are right now, Uh, It's a fun time. It's a fun time of the year. I was
3: talking about you yesterday on the show.
4: What did I do now?
3: Well, we had the uh, president of the Atlantic League. Oh, my gosh. The league with all the crazy rules. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, Foss, this whole steal in first base. No, it's not going to work. It's going to be great for catchers. No, it's not. Don't I'm going to make you more money. No,
4: no, you're not going to make me anything. I'm going to get blocks going for your catchers. It's not going to make me anything. It, all he's going to do is, is show what catchers should be doing and have been doing for 150 years. We're going to make up an analytic for it. No, no. It's going to help, no, be in ball, it's gonna help Chris,
3: in you in arbitration. Chris
4: Herman, Chris, you know what catching and blocking balls is about, right? Not this blocking balls so your guy can steal first. Chris Herman knows how to block balls. Right? We've had him on the program
5: before.
0: He's having a hell of a run. We were
4: just talking about how great you're doing mobile and that about your good friend Mitch Garver had a ball get by the other day, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, against the Yankees. You can't do it on one knee, and you do it the right way and. Uh, You've you got to be mobile. I
0: always remember in spring training, uh, the catchers always play a
3: game.
4: where Yeah. You
3: try to, here, give them a head sack. Give them a head, attack, him
6: a head
4: well, Here, take mine because my interview's coming. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I was just saying, I, I, I just remember uh, several spring trainings ago when I was with the Twins and, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks. And we might have even done it this year um, with the A's where we play a game as a bunch of uh, catchers. Yeah.
4: You
2: know, we want to block the ball and see how close we can keep that ball to stay to That's our right. body. And, uh,
7: yeah, man, I take a lot of pride uh, right. moving around back there and uh, trying to help our pitchers win ball games. are so, yeah. very
4: mobile. You know, Rene Latchman was here, catching coach. He had a contest with his catchers, and he had, based on golf balls and blocking balls, number one, shutdown innings, all these different types of things, throwing out base runs, pitching and catching a shutout. And he lost a ton of golf balls because those guys were good. Yeah. But it, it really kind of. Did it's right with it to your point about? I mean, there is what you want to do. You want to be able to block balls. You're stretching. You better get going. Yeah yeah, 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 so, <laughs> thanks yeah, for stopping by. And yeah, yeah. hey, by the way, you're killing it. Keep right, keep, yeah, keep yeah. it going. That's what I told you. He's a catcher. He's a good man. Thanks, thanks Chris. How do you like that? We just have Ray Fosse. just shows up. Well, I'm talking about my man there. You know, Herman just job. shows up. That,
3: that that's what that's the flexibility that we have here with Ace Cast right. Live. That's We're doing right. the show live from the field. And, and
4: as soon as my interview walks by, I'm gonna drop my headset too. Who's your interview? I want to talk to Chris Baz. He did a great job yesterday. Yeah, he did. He threw the ball well. Yeah. Is he on your list? No, it doesn't matter. This is A's cast. and mine's with the Terrestrial. <laughs> yeah, we can do anything we want and here. You, how about tonight's game? Did you talk to Vinny and Edo? About uh, we're
3: tonight? gonna we're gonna talk to them at four thirty. Yeah, that's I thought you were gonna be a part of the sabermetrics no, 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 no. broadcast. I no. thought you'd
4: be perfect. I'm gonna be on with uh, Ken Korak. We're gonna do a terrestrial type. I
3: mean, I wanted to hear you breaking down weighted runs created plus. Right, and... So yeah,
4: I don't even know all that stuff. So that's <laughs> that's why Vinny had to read the book the whole time that we were on the trip. He, he's got this book at the mind game, and I go, "What are you doing?" He says, "I got to get ready for the broadcast."
3: Hey, I tell you what. I'm gonna, I'm gonna when for my third inning hit today, I'm gonna figure out some Fosse metrics. We're that's gonna, fine. Go, we're gonna go back and look at some well, of just, your
4: career. You know, just look at my scorebook. That's all you have to do. I mean, blocks are important, and I, I, you know, catchers take a lot of pride in blocking balls. You don't have to be awarded first base if you don't, or, or be, be, uh, uh, get kudos if, if you do. You're, that's your job. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to get dirty. You're supposed to block balls in the dirt. Pitchers appreciate that, and that's what you have to do as a as a catcher because that is your job. And, you know, the, the, the worst thing is to have a catcher who cannot block a ball oh, it's and, an and have a pitcher who has to depend on throwing the ball yeah. down, especially a curveball. And if, and if you don't throw that curveball hard and you hang it, it's going to get hit. So if you throw it hard and you know the catcher is going to block it, and that's why the mobility is important. That's why Fegs and, and Chris Herman I just talked to, does, they both do a great job because if you have the mobility go side to side, and especially breaking ball, you anticipate with the break, and you go with it, but it always hits and spins back. So you have to really do your job to block instead of trying to back in catch it. And all that stuff. So,
3: you know, yeah. I, I think about as a pitcher, if you know your catcher stinks at blocking yep. balls. Yeah. And let's say you've got a great split finger or yep. a great curve ball, a slider, not so much, but yep. also the circle change. Yep. You're going to want that thing to drop Absolutely. and maybe even be in the dirt. Absolutely. But if you don't have that confidence, you're, yep. as a pitcher thinking, oh, this guy. I know.
4: I know. No, you're right. It's 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 hard to do. Let me go do my interview. Yeah. I'll come back because he may not do you it. You go so. do whatever you need okay. to do. We'll I'll be here. Back. We'll be here until 6 o'clock.
3: That's my man, the face of the franchise. Ray Fossey joining us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. So that's a lot what we got going. That, that this is this is why this job is so great, and why it's so unique, and why even the other teams think it's so unique is the fact that we're here on the field. We give you the sights. We see everything that goes on and we can report to you everything that we see and goes on all right we're gonna get you ready for a little baseball the trading deadline what is going on the trading deadline with this this was supposed to be crazy this was supposed to change everything this has done nothing we'll talk about next right here on a's cast live
0: now back to a's cast live broadcasting from the town Here's Chris Townsend.
3: All right, Commander Cody. We uh, just have uh, a couple news and notes that have come down on Twitter. And of course, we believe everything that we read on Twitter. Bob Melvin just spoke with the media, and what did he have to say about Sean Manaya?
8: So, Bob Melvin said that uh, he doesn't want to get too ahead of himself, but he believes Sean Manaya could be up after two more starts at AAA if all goes well. Now, Manaya made his first rehab start last night. Tri-
3: gave- it, not his first, but his first first, up first at AAA. in AAA. Yeah, yeah, in
8: Vegas, he gave up f- he gave up five earned runs, won four and a third, struck out seven. So it's a good sign. he had The seven strikeouts, the five earned runs, you're going to get it because it's. I don't don't uh, don't look at the numbers in AAA right yeah, now. they exactly. do not
3: matter. They are they are they are false. <laughs> I mean, so the fact they struck people out was a good thing. All right, so two more starts. It's a couple weeks. We could see Sean Maniah back up here with the big club, and then. Somebody who the A's have been linked to, and I think he's been linked to a lot of teams, is Marcus Stroman, who threw yesterday. We thought, what the hell are they doing pitching him? But he pitched yesterday. I believe he went seven strong. And the Blue Jays, who are supposedly shopping him to everybody, are the rumors are, are what on Stroman now?
8: So now this is reporting from SNY that the Blue Jays have been telling teams that they might extend Stroman rather than trading him. He did give up. You're right, he pitched great last night, seven seven, uh, seven innings of one-run ball, but he won against Shane Bieber, who had a shutout, not a complete game. Not Justin Bieber, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber, Bieber, yes, who had a shutout. And please don't tell me a complete game shutout, it's a shutout. It's implied that you get a shutout when you go nine innings. You mean it's not a Grand Slam home run? Exactly. A Grand
3: Slam already is a home run? I remember the first time I did that, I mean, because when I first started my career, uh, I was doing updates, and I remember somebody came down on me so hard on that. I'm like, really. So since then, I'm not like you. If someone says grand slam homer, I, I'm okay with it. Complete game shutout, I'm okay with it. It's okay. Just don't call the manager a head coach. Just can we not do that? And it's a clubhouse, not a locker room. Even though some people will call it
8: a locker room. I, I, I used to work with someone that called it, a, the, would refer to it as a uh, locker room and call the manager call the manager a coach. But so. that guy was one of the greatest fullbacks
3: in the history True. of the
8: league. Love, Lovelo talked to him earlier. Uh, but yeah, that's that was that's what happens. You play in the NFL, you're not going to you're not going to be used to calling it a clubhouse. The one show that I did
3: with him from the Raiders complex, it was incredible. I think he bought I think he brought a bottle of Jack Daniel's. I can't remember what it, I can't remember something like that. And we were sitting there for 3 hours and Lowe was just break on the whiteboard breaking down football plays, and we had Raiders coming in, and everybody respects low because, like I said, he's the greatest blocking fullback of all time. Franco Harris did not block anybody. Franco Harris, you know, I mean, Lorenzo Neal really should be in the Hall of Fame, and he was one of our coworkers and worked with Cody, and he's really, really a great guy. But that was one of the most fun I ever had on the radio was just throwing back some jet, Jack and Cokes and
8: talking football with Lorenzo Neal. Players were coming in. We were making them drinks. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. It's a shame now because Lowe doesn't drink anymore. He's been off the wagon for uh, – or on the wagon for about a year and a half, almost two years now. Well, yeah, he's worried about concussions. Yeah, so, he's, so he gave up the drinking a while ago. So now, now Good I for him. I can't trust him now. <laughs> uh,
3: you came up with a list, the worst deadline deals of all time, and that's what everybody right now – is trying to avoid we see so many different front offices it's it's like they're they're scared they're scared to pull the trigger they were scared to pull the trigger in free agency and that's why we had such a slow offseason. and right now it seems like they're a little bit scared to make the trades and they don't want to get burned well sometimes you do get burned think about the oakland athletics they traded mark mcguire for eric ludwig blake stein And a guy that I actually played golf with a little bit. My best friend, his twin brother, he and T.J. Matthews were buddies at UNLV, and I've actually uh, played a little golf with T.J. Matthews. But you give up Mark McGuire for Eric Ludwig, T.J. Matthews, and Blake Stein. Now, McGuire would go on to have a 19.3 war after the trade. Those three guys combined, 2.7. Now, is that 2.7 for just the A's or for the rest of their career? I think it's just the rest of their careers. Okay. All right. So, the Boston Red Sox, this one, I mean, everybody you know, everybody looks at this one. Everybody brings this one up. Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. Think about that. Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. Now, obviously, the Red Sox were trying to win a World Series, and they thought bringing in an old Larry Anderson – He was just, if you remember, slider, 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 slider. But they gave up somebody who ended up being a Hall of Famer. Now think about the war, the difference. Larry Anderson was close to the end of his career. So his war from that trade on was 3.8. Jeff Bagwell's, 79.9. They traded away one of the great first basemen in the history of the game. But let's say Larry Anderson ends up helping you win a World Series, then it would have been worth it. Because it's all about winning the ring, right? Uh, but,
8: that's what they say. They say the World Series is pretty important.
3: But they didn't. How about one that goes under the radar? Because you don't, no one even, back in these days, we didn't even know who prospects were. The Detroit Tigers traded away John Schmoltz for Doyle Alexander in <laughs> 1987. Doyle Alexander, from that point on's war would be... the great John Schmoltz would be 66.4, a Hall of Fame career, one of the great all-time pitchers from a standpoint, kind of like he and Dennis Eckersley are in a class by themselves because they were accomplished starting pitchers. Obviously, John far more than than Dennis Eckersley, but Eckersley he won over 100 games as a starter. I mean, his problem was drinking, right? If he wouldn't have been on the sauce, who knows what he would have been. But John Schmoltz was not only a great starter, he was a great closer. Unbelievable. How about the Mariners trading Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek for Heathcliff Slocum? Unbelievable. Look at this Fosse trade. Mark McGuire to the Cardinals for Eric Ludwig, TJ Matthews, and Blake Stein. I think uh, I think uh, Fossey's back. Get him a headset. See, Fossey likes Ace Cast Live. No, You're a big like, fan of Ace that's Cast, that's Cast
4: like Live. like you, man. But, uh, I mean, in, in a broadcast sense. <laughs> uh, the trade McGuire. You know, certain guys that are going to be leaving anyway. So you try to do what you can. Yeah. But I, I think in the case of Mark McGuire, man, he was fun to watch. I never missed one of his 363 home runs. He or Canseco. I would never leave the broadcast booth whenever those guys are going to be up. You know, and, you know, normally as third guy, you might go get something to drink for Bill Lalonde or whatever. Never did it. You know, I stayed right there because you just knew. I mean, I saw Mac hit the school board in, uh, in Cleveland. And I saw uh, Mac also hit uh, Randy Johnson. The Yeah, it was uh, – it's like 112 off the bat. I thought it was 112-mile-an-hour pitch. I said, wow, look at that. That was before they had the exit velocities. He had a ball in the kingdom. If it wasn't, didn't have a roof on it, it might still be going. And then Randy Johnson actually tipped his cap to Mac as he rounded the bases. Mac always put his head down. Yeah. Got back, and then the old kingdom, the dugouts, so then he had a walkway into the clubhouse, and he he crossed the plate, went in, shook hands, just went straight in, came back out. Randy looked over and tipped his cap to him. like They're, co- is, they're college teammates yeah, at, at yeah, USC. Right. And Mac was a good pitcher, too. He's a very good pitcher. Do you know that? I didn't know he pitched. Yeah, he was a pitcher. He became a third baseman and then ultimately the first baseman. But uh, power, man. He, he and Conseco were the first ever to go into spring training over at the old uh, Phoenix Municipal Stadium, Van Buren. Those cars were in danger. But it was the only place where I saw that fans watched batting practice and watched those guys hit shots. And as the, the season progressed... I saw players actually stay on the bench while their batting practice was over to watch McGuire and Conseco hit shots, moonshots. And that was, it was just batting practice was a joy to watch. You know. But, no, this is the time. I mean, we're looking at uh, today's Thursday. So a week from yesterday, man, it's 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 a hard they say hard. This is a hard trade deadline this is, you know, because of that.
3: You know, and you know what I didn't remember. Who's
4: your guest at four fifteen? Uh
3: or, we're or gonna 4:30? have e- Eno and uh Eno Sarah At, Saris at I forgot nineteen eighty six. Yeah. It was uh training deadline was June fifteenth. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was in high school at the yeah. time. What? Yeah You June were in high f-
4: school in eighty six.
8: It's my freshman <laughs> year of high school. You're young, man. I wasn't even born yet. You weren't even born yet? I was born in 1988. Neither of you guys were born yet? Millennials. I'd already
4: had a great life. (laughs) 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 I was working for the A's in That That's my first year broadcasting.
3: You'd already won a couple World Series. Yeah. But But these – have you – I don't know what's going on with front offices. We'll talk to David Force about it because –
4: You know, I think what's happening – did I see that the American League? No. We we were looking at maybe 13 or 14 teams are somewhat close – and that's what's going to make it tough, I think. Sometimes on the, the uh, nationally, yeah, nationally, that's right. That's Na- right.
3: Nationally, you have a You. Yeah. They're. They're all. Everybody. I mean, I mean, if you're seven games out, you're still in this thing for a while, card, de- no yeah, doubt. Well, yeah,
4: yeah. But I think that's going to maybe prohibit some trading, come a week from uh, yesterday. You know, because people are going to say, well, maybe you we have a chance, and maybe the team across the bay is one of those because they were they were going to be in a big selling mode. Now they may be stand pat mode.
3: And we talked to some people yesterday on A's Cast Live, including uh, Mike uh, Petrello. Mm -hmm. And the Giants may be one of the teams, as people thought, they were going to be big sellers. They might be buyers now, and that might have
4: screwed up the market a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, Bad Bum was huge, I'm sure, out there, you know, to be traded. But, uh, no, it's going to be interesting. But uh, I think teams that are at least, I mean, there's only so many teams that can sell. And of those teams that can sell, is there anybody you want to buy? You know, I think you have to factor that in as well. But I think uh, what, what's really interesting that how many clubs maybe you talking about a relief pitcher just because of bullpens and because of, I wouldn't say so much the opener uh, uh, theory, but just having starters that go six six innings, maybe five innings, and say, let's turn over the bullpen. You need that bridge to get you back into the bullpen.
3: Eno Saris is standing yeah, there, right let's there. let's go, guys. Come on. Come on. And I'm wondering if he knows your... OPS Plus. What was Ray Fossey's OPS Plus? (laughs) We're talking analytics. We're talking data. We're talking sabermetrics next right here on A's Cast Live.
9: Hey, this is Fred of
2: the B-52s, and whenever my flying saucer is over Oakland, I listen to
0: A's Cast Live. Now back to A's A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
3: Yeah, we're big time. We're big time. I got to tell you, I was so excited today because I I tell everybody I'm a baseball dork and my favorite show on television, I tape it, I watch it every day, is MLB Now. And then I got really super excited because Eno Saris was going to be on MLB Now. And then you're killing me, Smalls.
2: He goes on and he calls us a radio
3: station. We're not a radio station on Ace
2: Cast. You know, how much am I supposed to explain in the, like five <laughs> seconds he gives me? Eno Serres from
3: The Athletic. Vince Catronio is going to be I very special tonight. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm going, here's our national promotion. Tune in app. Tune in app. Tune in app. So it's going to be special tonight, guys. I'm really looking forward to it. I know other teams have done this before, and uh, it's going to give us a different look. And, of course, you know I've had you on my shows for years, and – for us people who
2: delve into analytics i think it's going to be a lot of fun i think so too i think you know we're going to try to make the numbers come alive and tell some good stories with them and then vince you've been doing this for 14
3: years this will be something new for you and talk about how you still need to keep the the car going right calling the baseball game
6: you know i'm just the guy from a little directional school in orlando i'm dealing with a guy that's from stanford oh, so no. it's going to be a big deal oh you're
3: you're from a football power
6: <laughs> it'll be it's going to be a lot of fun it's, it's a unique opportunity once uh, it became apparent that the A's were to go down this path with A's cast and having this opportunity through in When we discussed this back in spring training, I immediately said to Matt Pearl, no, This is something that we should consider. We saw it in the playoffs last year. Jason Benetti and Mike Petrello from MLB.com did a statcast broadcast of a playoff game. So we have this opportunity. I know the right guy that could do it. It was Eno, and it's come together. And, and tonight's going to be a lot of fun. I've, I've talked to a lot of the coaches already getting their slant on, on the analytics. I've talked to Chris Woodward from the Rangers. i talked to Bob Melvin as well. We'll have some of those sound bites. We'll have some great stories. We'll have David Force. We'll have Ben Lowry from the analytics department. It, it's going to be a, a different path, certainly, but it's going to be an interesting one, I think, for the fans.
3: You know, it was football that really showed us this, and thank you ESPN, where they started having big college football games, and they'd go on to, like, ESPN2, where they'd have coaches and players, so that's really kind of where it started, and, and it's a lot of fun to get something different. I think that's the great thing about A's cast is we still will have our regular broadcast with with, with Ken uh, on 860 and also Ray Fossey and Sports 1140K HDK, but we can do anything we want, and that's the coolest thing about A's cast is we can be creative.
6: Well, and it, and it gives us an opportunity to, to do something I think a lot of fans are interested in. You know, there are, there's only so many numbers you can put on the air during the course of a, of a broadcast, you wanna tell stories, you know, you wanna talk about the the human element of the players, but you also want to be able to explain why is Marcus Simeon a better player. Why is Matt Chapman growing before our very eyes? And there are numbers, there are analytics that drive that, that 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 prove your point, and I think that's why there's a marriage there that's going to stay around baseball for a very long time.
2: And with, and with a little extra time, you can actually explain some of these numbers, right? And explain so so that they know these things for future broadcasts, you know, so that you kind of bring everybody up to speed on certain what certain stats are. You know, it's a little bit harder probably in the in the course of a game to be to drop a stat and be and, and then explain what it is. Well, you know?
6: I'm, I'm interested to know why ERA plus. Is a better number to use than just regular ERA. I'm interested in knowing about weighted on base or OPS plus. Those are the kind of things that Eno knows inside and out. And given with the certain players and certain circumstances in the game, it allows us, you know, to expand upon that because that's the path we're going down tonight. That's the path we want to drive. Is uh, showing that side of, of today's
3: game. No doubt about it. It is going to be a lot of fun. And, and when I – I can't remember who we had on here, but they were uh, they're like, it's your guys' fault we got into all this analytic stuff because of Moneyball. <laughs> but the way it has evolved, and I've actually talked with David Forst about this, is – You know, Moneyball was about math equations. Take this, add this, times this, divide it by. Now we have Radar. Now we have TrackMan. We have Hawkeye that's coming our way next year. Now we have all these different tools with StatCast where we can really track what these human beings are doing.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I was just talking to Ben Lowry about this, who's going to be a guest on our show. Uh, I think a lot of these things are actually validating what scouts used to say. We've we've come kind of full circle now where, uh, you know, the game now is all about hitting the ball hard and running hard and throwing the ball hard which is the things that, like, the scouts always said that they were important. Now we're better at quantifying them, uh, and we can can better, you know, come up with the value because we've got a number that we can put on them, Uh, and so we've come back around, like, you know scouts used to always say that the the catcher framing was a big deal we just couldn't put a number on it for a while Uh, now we can put a better number on it now uh, now we've realized that catcher framing is probably the most important thing that catchers do
6: And and I think the challenge is because we talk about this quite a bit the three true outcomes of walks and strikeouts and home runs how do these two things come together because you very rarely see the guy go to the opposite field just to do it you rarely see the two strike approach these days you have guys taking their A swing, strike one, strike two, and and into the conclusion of that particular plate appearance. So how these two things come together, does the game, does the pendulum continue to push in the direction that it is, which is not a lot of action, or how do you marry the two and get more action on the field, get more things happening to go along with these numbers that are showing, you know, like Eno just said, high velocity, elevated fastballs, you know, A swing from day one, you know, from, from pitch one, how do those two things come together to make it an entertaining prog- uh, product moving forward?
3: Now, I know you weren't able to hear this yesterday, but I had Rick White on, the president of the Atlantic League. And we we're going with all the all the stuff they're trying there at the Atlantic League. And the number one thing, obviously, is robo-umps. And they're going to go with the, the robo-ump the rest of the way. And a lot of people think it's inevitable, you know, that we are going to have that in Major League Baseball. And how that will change things. So I asked Rick. I said, "How do the players like it? How do the hitters like it? How do the pitchers like it?" And he said, "Both. They love it. They love the consistency, night in and night out. They know exactly what the strike zone is." Uh,
2: all right, all right. I think uh, I think everyone's going to hate it. I think everyone's going to hate it. I think uh, I think there's one. I think there's going to be unintended consequences. And one of the things that I think about is Sergio Romo's slider and Rich Hill's curveball. Right now, and uh, front door two seamers. Right now, those three types of pitches are called strikes least often. And what you get is, uh, with, a, with an automated strike zone, is that kind of, I'm going to tick that strike zone. I'm going to throw you a pitch. At the that, very bottom. I'm going to throw you a pitch that ends up four feet outside of the strike zone. But it, it was a Frisbee slider that just beep, and you got that beep, and it's a strike. But that hitter's like, what? that, And it hit the, it hit the ground, it hit the plate. But it it'll be a strike. You know what I like about that? Yeah. We won't be having
3: five hour games. Uh. well But the play by play guy, the play by play guy that does
6: these games with the Robo is going to have to pause because you've got the ear, the Bluetooth, and the yeah. and the cell phone, and you're waiting for the Bluetooth to tell the umpire what the pitch is. So, and here's the two two pitch and. And it's a strike because you don't know because there's there's a little bit of a pause there. It's going to be a challenge if we actually move in that direction. And
2: and you can't say that it won't do arguments because someone just got ejected (laughs) for arguing balls and strikes in the independent league. And it was automated.
3: Once again, we won't have four hours and 42 minutes of baseball.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think it might lead to a lot more strikeouts and the hitters will start to hate it all of a sudden. Do you think –
3: I mean, we've started to see it here, and this is for both you guys – that the way the game's changing, we are so used to average home run RBIs, we're now starting to see war up on our boards. Vince, traveling around with you a little bit, we're starting to see more metrics now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the where we're gonna go someday? We're, we're not even seeing batting average anymore up on up on our big boards?
6: I think you gotta find a truer measure of the value of the player. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, batting average is not the number to go with. You know, OPS is probably a better number to go with and show that to, in terms of the value of the player. And then as far as the, the pitcher's concerned, Maybe because you're taking a, a measure of 100 as the average, and you're taking into account sometimes defense, sometimes ballpark, and sometimes neither. That that's that's maybe a better indicator of, of the pitcher. But I'm still, and we had we already had this conversation slash argument before the game, which will carry over. There are certain pitchers you look at their numbers and you go, okay, I've seen this guy like Mike Fires, who's been very effective for the Athletics, but his is uh, you know fielding independent pitching ERA is sky high, or his ERA plus is sky high. And I'm going to ask him as we do this game, why? You know, what, what, what are the what are the components that that make those numbers uh, such a difference as we see them on paper?
2: Yeah, and I think that there's a there's a sort of a gentle tension there between putting Alphabet Soup up on the board and having everything up there and having people be like, well, I, I don't even know where to look. You know, so you kind of have to, you know, maybe expand so that people know more numbers and then kind of whittle it back down again, uh, so that we're not uh, looking at 15 numbers up on the board every time a guy comes up to the plate.
3: All right. I want you to give me kind of a little preview. What is the number one metric you look for in hitters? And what's the number one metric you look for in pitchers?
2: Well, I really like WRC+, but I would, I'll i say OPS+, just because people know what OPS is, and OPS Plus is just a little bit better. OPS Plus just says, you know, hey, Chris Davis plays in this park. It's huge. Maybe his home runs are worth a little bit more than someone who plays in Texas or in Colorado. So uh, I like OPS Plus because it gives you an idea of how much they get on base, how much they slug, and what kind of situation they play in. Uh, for pitchers... Uh, it's tougher to get one number. I think I'd just go with strikeout rate. I want to know their strikeout rate or their fastball velocity. One of those Interesting.
6: two. It'll be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight.
2: And you know what I'm going to do in my hits during the game? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do
3: Fosse metrics. Oh, my gosh. We're going to go over Ray Fosse's metrics tonight. Does he know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, he wasn't thrilled about it. <laughs> but we're going to have fun.
6: Don't make his head explode, okay?
3: By the way, who do we have over
6: here? One of my best friends in the game. Voice of the Rangers, Eric Nadell.
3: The oh, Hall of Famer yeah. is going to join us next. Guys, have a great broadcast. We'll be listening. It'll be a lot of fun as we keep breaking new ground here on A's Cast. Sounds great. Thanks, Tony. We got the Hall of Famer next right here on A's Cast Live.
0: A's Cast, a's. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, when you win the
3: Ford C. Frick Award, you're a baseball Hall of Famer. And I've always wanted to ask you, it never gets old when someone says Baseball Hall of Fame, does it?
5: It's got a nice sound to it. (laughs) Makes you think, you know, every time somebody says it, it makes me think, me? You know, that's Vin Scully and Bill King and, you know, Harry Carey and Jack Buck. Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. It's pretty
3: cool. It's been an incredible run for you with the Texas Rangers.
5: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I was a hockey announcer, Chris, uh, doing minor league hockey in Dallas when the Rangers had an announcer who was about to retire, and they liked the way I did hockey, and they actually let me audition and do four games into a cassette recorder and hired me based on that to start the following year. That was 1978. And somehow I'm, I'm still around doing this. <laughs> well. Some 6,000 games later or whatever it is. I'm yeah, still doing it's it.
3: it's truly one of the amazing runs in baseball. And what do you think of our set here for Ace Gas Live? Not a bad this, set. This
5: is pretty cool. I, I love to see the advancements the game is making.
3: And this is really, I mean, we're the only team in baseball doing it. We're the only team allowed to have a 24-7 station right now, but I do believe within the next year or so every team in baseball is going to be doing this. You think so? Yeah, because you control everything. You control your message. Mm-hmm. It's a way to talk to your fans. You don't have to rely on a radio station. It's just, I, really, I think everybody. So I think football needs to be great for the NFL, NBA, NHL. There's already a couple of NHL teams doing it. Really? And, you know, a
8: few
5: years ago, there were people who were always asking me, uh, is radio going to survive with baseball? And it turns out that I think more people are listening now because you can listen on your devices and you don't actually need a radio. And similarly, something like this, it actually brings you know more audience into the fold, I think, for all forms of uh, broadcasting baseball.
3: Yeah, because right now, if I want to listen to you and I'm a fan, I have to pay on the MLB app. Here, this is free. Mm-hmm. So Rager fans will get you free. So as you said, now that all of our phones connect to our cars, it just allows more right. people a chance to listen to
5: yeah, it's fantastic, and you know, we uh, when we changed radio stations, uh, maybe about 15 years ago, and uh, the owner of the team at that time, Chuck Greenberg, went to a much more low-powered station, and he said, "Well, by the end of this deal, most of our listeners are not going to actually be listening on radios." He was ahead of his time. He was actually wrong. I think he was a little bit ahead of his time, but that really is the case right now.
3: You know, last time we saw you in Texas, the Rangers were going real well. What happened to the Texas Rangers? Well, it's
5: really been just the last 10 days, Chris. The Rangers, I think, were a game or a game and a half out of the wild card 10 days ago. And then, as usually happens in losing streaks, everything went bad. Uh... The starting pitching, which had been doing a good job of keeping the Rangers in games, uh, started faltering, especially the 3, 4, and 5 guys. But even Lance Lynn and Mike Miner, the top two starting pitchers, had a couple of starts that weren't bad but weren't uh, excellent the way they had been. And the Rangers stopped scoring enough runs to make up for mediocre pitching. And part of it was, as we found out today, Joey Gallo's been playing with a broken hammock bone probably for 10 days. Uh, and he is the, uh, the center of the offense, but... You know, another part of it is that Hunter Pence has come back from an injury, hasn't really gotten his timing back. A couple of other guys are slumping. And uh, just one of those perfect storms where the pitching not quite as good and the hitting not nearly as good coincided and next thing you know there's an eight game losing streak and you've lost nine out of ten and now it's hard to consider yourself a serious contender
3: yeah and you mentioned hunter pence we got to talk to him here got to know him in his days over in san francisco really a hell of a guy and has been one of the great stories so far because you know with the giants he couldn't hit i mean he it's like his career was over and then he's an all-star but now there's rumors he may get traded what do you think happens with hunter pence
5: Well, I think the Rangers listen to offers. I think they have to. You know, he's not signed for next year. I would imagine he's one of these guys who would have a pretty good chance of re-signing with the Rangers, even if he goes to another team. He's from Arlington. Uh, He and Chris Woodward are really close. And uh, he and his wife have really enjoyed living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They still have a home in Houston. So uh, I think that uh, there's a pretty good chance that uh, the Rangers entertain offers for Hunter. And if they get enough to... uh, Make up for the fact that his loss in the clubhouse will be huge. Uh, I think they go ahead and and they make the deal. They've got young guys who need playing time. Willie Calhoun specifically was called up today. He needs to be playing every day. And the Rangers, even without Gallo, have uh, four outfielders slash DHs for three spots. And they need to solve that so that Calhoun can play every day. One way to do that would be to trade Hunter Pence. You
3: know, the one thing that we just saw in our last series once again is how good the Houston Astros are. And they just keep bringing up young guy after young guy. They're going to be, touched to, they're going to be tough to catch for many years, wouldn't you say?
5: Yeah, we saw last weekend where they called up back-to-back guys who pitched brilliantly and won their first major league games against the Rangers, uh, uh, Rogelio Armenteros and Jose Urquidy. Earlier this year, Corbin Martin came up, made his first major league start, and beat the Rangers. So three times in the last four games we've played against the Astros in Houston, they've called up somebody to pitch, and he pitched well enough to win his first major league game. Where are all these guys coming from? Plus, now they have kind of replaced the White Sox and the Dodgers as having the Cuban pipeline. It's like, every time you turn around, they've called up another Cuban player. Is really good
3: yeah it's uh they've got firepower and they got the pitching and you mentioned the young guys and you're looking at Verlander and Cole it's just unbelievable but what do you think about the athletics since the last time we were in Texas still kind of scuffling I don't know what it is but since like the year 2000 doesn't matter who the manager is doesn't matter if the coaches the players there's something about this team they get off to slow starts and they hit June and July and they put the pedal
5: to the metal they do and you know it it seems just, you know, watching it from a distance that the return of Matt Olson was uh, really an incredible, uh, incredibly important factor for the A's, you know, in coming around. And you look at his numbers and considering that he missed 30 some odd games, they're really phenomenal. I, I said to Chris Woodward today, you know, after I had talked to Vince and done a little bit of homework, I said, to, hey, uh, Woody, did you know that uh, Matt Olson has five bunt hits this year? and he said yeah I'm a little more concerned about the 21 home runs he has in 70 games. <laughs> and
3: the thing here what a lot of people I think from the outside don't understand if you really look at the strength of this team obviously we're talking about the baseball we're talking about home runs but the strength of this team the last 2 years has been defense. That's the one thing when you know the A's don't beat themselves defensively.
5: Yeah and you know I've actually asked our uh, our pre and post game guy Jared Sandler to to do some research on this to see just where they rank right now on the various websites in terms of runs saved and all of that. Because now that Simeon is an exemplary defensive player, after being a liability for for many years, to go with the two guys on the corners who were the best in the league. And that I guess Jurickson's gotten better at second base as the season's going on. Uh, you got Loriano in center field, who's as good as anybody. It's, uh, it's clearly a team that wins with defense. And you really can't say that about that many clubs these days.
3: No, I mean, everything is about we're talking home runs. Uh, analytics. We're doing an analytics broadcast. Obviously, you and Vince are, are very close. And Eno Saris, who does a great job with The Athletic. What do you think about that? What do you think about an analytics broadcast?
5: Uh I, I wish I could hear it. You know, I really want to hear what those guys are talking about. You know, we're very careful in the way we, we break analytics into our broadcasts. OPS is a figure we use regularly now. But still, every game, I like to explain what it is and what the league average is. So if I tell you that Matt Chapman has an 899 OPS, I want you to know it's 150 points higher than the league average. We're, you know, we, we're still educating people about that. Um, Defensive metrics, uh, again, I go for the simplest stuff. I want to be able to say that uh, Matt Chapman has led the league in runs saved over the last four years. It's a very easy concept, I think, for people to understand. When you get into things like war that are computed in ways that we don't understand, uh, I'm still shying away from those numbers. Other than to say that there's this thing called war, and Mike Trout is head and shoulders above everybody else, as you would expect. And here are the next three or four guys, without actually getting into the numbers themselves, which I think just confuse people, I'm more interested in the rankings in uh, in stats like that, that aren't cumulative type stats.
3: I think about a baseball fan, and I always like, you know, all the years I've been to talk radio, I try to explain it to people, you have somebody driving in your car 65, 70 miles an hour down the road. If you get too complicated, you know, you're worried about the cars around, you start losing the message. So I agree. If you started going into Weighted Runs Created Plus and started getting into all that, I think you kind of, for you guys, it's we want to listen to you guys tell the stories and tell the game.
5: Yeah, and especially on radio. You know, it's a little different on TV where they can put a table up on TV and people can see these are the five top guys in whatever the esoteric category is and see it from there it's a little tougher on radio where people are trying to keep track in their minds of well what number did he say there what number did he say there so a lot of times I'm just asking people to trust me I'm telling them you know well there's a new uh, there's a new stat now called uh ERA plus or whatever it is and uh, just trust me that Lance Lynn is leading the league in this and here are a couple of guys who are behind him Justin Verlander and blah, 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 I think that's the best way at this point for us to handle it on radio.
3: Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You know what? We'll send you a copy of the game. I'll make sure you get a copy. We'll let you go on this. I know when you get here, it's all about Chinese food. Have you gotten your Chinese food yet? Now, tomorrow
5: we've got a big group going to Henry's Hunan, which is my favorite place here. Uh, I go there at least once every time we're here. I've been going since 1980 when I discovered their original location in Chinatown on Kearney Street. And they're still going strong. I think they got five different restaurants yeah. in town. I just, I love that place.
3: Thank you so much. And, 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 you know, every single time we have somebody come down here, this is just, it just continues to build. And we want to thank you, as you're one of the greats in the game, a Hall of Famer, and we really appreciate you taking the time. It's like a little batting practice to warm you up before the game. No, it's great, and
5: it's really cool to be on the field. There aren't that many ballparks that have enough foul territory, (laughs) literally, where you can have a setup like this. You can't do this in our ballpark behind third base. But you can do it here. I think it's great.
3: We might have to tell Dave Cavill, our president, hey, this new ballpark, we're going to still you need. You want
5: all this extra room. Yeah, <laughs> You want to do it like they did in Detroit. You want the same foul dimensions as they had at Tiger Stadium.
3: Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Great to see you as always. A, an absolute legend coming here on A's Cast Live. We'll continue talking about the trading deadline and updating you right here on A's Cast
0: Live. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Here's Chris
3: Townsend. Yeah, I bet Major League Baseball loves that juice ball comment, Cody. <laughs> your starting left fielder Robbie Grossman joins us. This is one of the cool things about doing the show right here. You know, we didn't know what time we were going to get you, but it's now your time, and uh, thank you for stopping by, which I think is the, the best set in all the big leagues.
9: Yeah, hey, well, thanks for having me on. I've heard a lot about this, and i uh, excited to be a part of it. You've been playing real well. When did it really start to click for you this season? Um, Just... Just reputation. Um, I, I had a tough little start. My first game, I felt like, oh man, this is this is gonna be great. And then uh, that's baseball. You you, you hit your roughs patches, and and uh, you, you work. You come out here and you, you bust your butt every day and try to get a little bit better at everything. And uh, just trust what you've been doing. And uh, feel like I've been putting together some pretty good at bats. And 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 the better the best is yet to come, I believe.
3: Yeah, you've played really really well. We've talked a lot about it on this show and also the post game show. And I always want to know from guys, who now that you've been here a while, what were your thoughts about the Oakland Athletics before you got here, and what is it like now since you've been in this clubhouse?
9: Um, it's exactly what I thought. Um, playing against these guys for so many years, um, just guys that grinded the bats out, um, led by not the best manager in baseball. Um, and, and the way they went about it, There's the energy was always here. They always played with a passion, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it when, when – I was talking to my agent in the off-season about coming over here. I was like, yeah, sign me up. I want to be here. Uh, this is a good fit for me, and I, I, I love playing for teams that are like this.
3: And it's it's a clubhouse that every single year just has a bunch of great guys in it.
9: Yes, yes. Um, we kind of have a little bit of forced camaraderie here, and I think that's that kind of molds what we have here. Um, we, we don't have any bad apples on this team, and everyone pulls for each other. Everyone's on the same page old Mel said it in first day of spring hey this is how we do things that we're going to do things this way we need everyone to buy in everyone's bought in and uh look where we're at now
3: yeah that's so important you know that old expression pulling on the same rope because I'm sure you've been in certain clubhouses I'm sure you've been on same teams we're not everybody's on the same page and that's that's a recipe for disaster
9: well it, yes and uh, like I said it starts from the top it starts with Bob he's uh He's a great leader. He uh, he tells it how it is. He'll give you compliments when you need him. And he, he's the, he, he runs this thing. And this is why year in, year out, you have the product that the Oakland A's have every single year.
3: And I'm always fascinated. And I know I talked, I think you were in Houston when we might have talked about this earlier in the season. We had you on by the phone. Um, it's just being a switch hitter is so tough. It's tough to hit one way. Now you have to do it as a switch hitter and and you've got a right-handed swing you got a left-handed swing the maintenance you have to put in is more than what a normal guy does talk about how
9: tough it is to switch hit oh it's a it's a unique um trait especially in this game and there's not too many of us left um and it's it's i enjoy the challenge every day of having two swings to work on um i that's what got me into switch hitting that's what keeps me switch hitting and and uh, that's, that's something I've always prided myself on and enjoyed is the challenge of having two swings. And you were originally a right-hander, right? Mm-hmm. So it was weird. I grew up le- throwing left-handed but hit right-handed. And uh, and one day I just decided, hey, I want to start hitting left-handed. And credits to my summer ball coach at the time. He said, well, if you're going to do it, there's no going back. And ever since that day I- – I've never gone back. So But you've
3: never had to face that right handed slider to as no, a right handed no, hitter. I haven't. <laughs> but
9: uh That's the advantage, right? Yes it is. Um there's definitely advantages to it, but there's a lot of uh, like you said, maintenance and work that goes involved in it as well.
3: You know, one guy we used to talk a lot about, a guy you played with, a guy you trained with, and uh, knowing you were coming on today, I wonder if you've talked to him. Jed Lowry. He's had a he's had a rough run at it. He hasn't played it all this year. And Jed Lowry was a great Oakland Athletic. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was an extra base hit machine. You knew every game that he was hitting third. Have you talked to Jed? How's he doing?
9: I haven't talked to Jed. Um, I hope him the best. I wish him the best. Um, I know they they dearly miss him over there, and uh, and um, I, I just hope for the best for going forward with him.
3: Yeah, it's tough when 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 you can't stay healthy. You know, the best ability is availability, and that's rough for a professional athlete when you you don't feel like you're a part of the team. You're constantly rehabbing. It's just not fun.
9: No, um, it's that's a tough uh, that's a tough place to be. Um, I wish that on no one. And like I said, uh, Jed Jed will be back, and we'll see him hit multiple base hits. Um, but in a different league, so it's good, and it's not against us. We got this
3: hard trading deadline coming up, and there's been no movement, but I got to think you've probably been in it both ways to where you're on a team that's a buyer and a team that's on a seller. How nice is it to be on a team that's a buyer because we know the A's are actively looking to still help this team.
9: It's great. Um, I think it's a tribute to what these guys have done um, as a group to, to this point, um, showing the front office that, hey, we're, we're right here. Um we, a couple more pieces would be nice, but uh, we really like the team that we have here. And I've also been on teams where we've sold at the deadline, and and we look up and we're in the wild card. And um, it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's 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 nice to be on a team that. We've we've played so well to this point, and we're looking forward to playing even better on the way going forward. What do you think that would do to a team? Because there's a lot of them in the National League right now.
3: I mean, it's like everybody in the National League is pretty much still kind of in it other than the Marlins. Mm -hmm. What would that do? Let's say, like, you're two games back of the wild card or one game back, and all of a sudden your team starts making trades, selling guys for prospects – What do you think that kind of mentality would do to a ball club and inside the clubhouse?
9: Well, it happened when I was in Minnesota in 17. Um, We had a rough week. We went to, like, L.A., and the Dodgers spanked us for a couple games. And we had a rough road trip, and then we sold off our closer, and we sold off – I can't remember who else it was. And and we kind of had a team meeting, and we rallied around that, and we ended up making the wild card game. Yeah. So, um, you can never count out guys in this game and how crazy this game could get at the last two months of the year. Um, But – like I said, I'm um, excited. I'm excited. just uh, grateful I'm in Oakland A and grateful for the, the team I've been placed on.
3: And I think about your team right now going forward. And A.J. Hinch, I think he said it best. He goes, hey, the one team, no disrespect to Texas or Anaheim, the one team the Astros worry about are, are you guys, the Oakland Athletics. But as you know, they've got a lot of talent. What's it like when you match up against the Houston Astros?
9: Well, they know that we have a lot of talent too. As you can see, they – they set it up where we weren't supposed to face Verlander and Cole and when we went in there and they they lined it up so they bullpen day one day a couple weeks ago so they could line it up so we faced the big dogs and um, that that shows you all you need to know and uh, we felt like we played played pretty good ball but <clears throat> we we still got better ball to play We've, played, we've, we've faced them, I don't know how many more games. I know at least two more series, and we're looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, I think you got seven more against them, and that those head-to-heads mean so much in the standings, and that's why we have the Bob Melvin show here on Ace Cast Live, and Bob doesn't. Bob never wants to talk about the wild card. I
9: never ask about the wild card. It's still all about the division, and that's your guys' mentality. 100%, because um, you don't want to leave this up to just one game, and, uh, and that's the goal for all the teams pushing for the playoffs is uh, – don't put it in the position where you have to play one game to determine your outcome.
3: So tonight here on A's cast, we're going to have our normal broadcast with, with with Ken Korak and Ray Fossey uh-huh. on our radio stations, 860, 1140. But here on A's cast, on the TuneIn app, this is, we, so yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know if you, do yeah. you guys know, we have a 24-hour yeah. station. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to do a Sabermetrics broadcast tonight. How much are you
9: into analytics, and how much do you utilize that in your game? Uh, I'm a I'm a believer in the numbers. Um there's a lot that has come out in the last five to eight years about the numbers. And, and, and there's so much numbers out. There's so many numbers out there that you could take it so many ways, but there is a lot of good information that could help a lot of guys on the field. And you, you've seen it, um, even with the launch angle and the release and there's so many numbers, but it, you have to kind of tailor it. It's another part of being a player in this day and age is tailor it to yourself to how can this make you better? And you know Statcast loves you defensively. Do you know that? Yeah, but Statcast has hated me defensively before <laughs> too. So, um, but I've used some of those numbers to uh, improve on what I'm doing in the def- on defense and in the box. And how much video do you watch? I watch too much, probably. Um, I'll admit that. That I I watch too much. or some days I like I can't go in there because I don't want to. I don't. I don't need to see anymore. I don't need to nitpick at anything else. Um, just. Uh, that's, that's kind of the love-hate relationship with the numbers and the video yeah. and everything we have nowadays as a player. Um, it's, it's trying to find that that, that happy medium. Because at some point it's got to be C-ball, hit-ball. Yes, yes, and uh, like the old phrase, dumb it down. Um, this is a uh, very challenging game, but you, it's, it's an easy game.
3: After a very rough road trip, and we'll end on this, I think you guys got to kind of be licking your chops right now to get back home and have a nice long homestand.
9: Yes, this is a big homestand. stand. Um, like I said, every every game that we have from now on is, is our biggest game of the year. And it doesn't matter who we're playing, and, and we're looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way. I've been trying to tell the fans, don't give me this marathon crap anymore. Mm-hmm. It's
9: a sprint to the finish and to the postseason. Yes, it is, uh, especially where we're at and and uh, how crazy baseball can get these last two months.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, one of the reasons why the A's are where they are, because if we ended it right today we'd be in the postseason just because of the way you've been playing left field and the way you've been swinging it so stay hot we appreciate you coming over and uh good luck in this homestand thanks for having me on your left fielder for the oakland athletics we got more coming up next right here on a's cast live
0: now back to a's cast live broadcasting from the town Here's Chris Townsend.
3: Scott Emerson, your pitching coach for the Oakland Athletics, is now joining that. How about that? You get Robbie Grossman. Now we got the pitching coach. Doesn't get any better here than Ace Cast Live on the field.
7: Hey, it's Oakland A's baseball, right? Is this the best set or what? This is awesome. I love it.
3: I mean, you guys got a great spot in the dugout, but this is not bad for, uh, and you're a radio guy. You love radio. This is pretty cool.
7: Hey, just to be on a big league field, green grass behind us, it's awesome.
3: Technically not radio, obviously, with the tune-in app and Ace Cast Live. Uh, I just got a text from uh, Dr. Meredith Wills. She's here. She wants me to give her – I have a couple baseballs for her. She's the one that wrote the article on The Athletic about how the ball has changed in 2019. What have you noticed as a pitching coach?
7: Uh, just, you know, I, I've seen some guys that have hired, uh, you know, different spin rates the the spin rate has moved around on some certain guys on some certain pitches Uh, maybe the ball feels a little bit harder uh, to me and and it's it's noticeable here in Oakland just watching batting practice I feel like the ball's going a little bit farther but you know that's the ball that we're being given to play with this year so we got to make adjustments and we can't use the ball as an excuse we just got to go out and find ways to to make the ball do uh, what it needs to do but one throw strikes change speeds are, are things that uh, are common good goals for pitchers to do anyways
3: yeah strike one is still the best pitch in baseball
7: strike one's very important you, you know you throw strike one it's generally 58 59 percent of the time depending on the season uh, you get get to do a lot of things oh one and I think about Blake
3: Trinan and I don't want to make I'm not making excuses for anybody or Lou Trevino I just talking to dr. wills about it that the ball has affected certain guys whether it's movement on certain pitches do you think that that's a possibility for some we're not gonna you know take those guys out but do you think that has affected some guys that this what they used to do it's different now because the ball is less drag.
7: Yeah, I think, you know, if you and I, I tease the guys, if the ball has less drag going out, it's got less drag going in. So maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit more uh, fastball uh, spike in velo. It, it's easier to backspin with the, the good old Magnus force, keeping the ball in the air a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, our guys, uh, you know, are trying to do everything in practice they can to make their ball do certain things. And, and that's what we do every day when we play catch. We experiment. WE MOVED THE GRIPS AROUND A LITTLE BIT. WE GOT THE WRAP SODA TO HELP US OUT AND, and uh, YOU KNOW, uh, VERIFY WHAT THE BALL IS ACTUALLY DOING, IF THE SPIN IS ACTUALLY CHANGING WITH A, a GRIP CHANGE. and. Uh, you know, maybe a different arm angle. So there's a lot of things that we can do to try to manipulate the baseball, but the, the, the toughest part is, you know, when you're getting in the pitcher's head, you know, you, you, you don't want to get in their head to where they're <laughs> starting to think, man, what am I doing? And I can't do this. And, and so, you know, there's a fine line between your, your practice work and trying to do things that you're incapable of. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is, You know, especially for sinker ballers. If you're pitching the ball at the knees at the bottom of the zone, it's going to find some movement. I always used to tease our scouts and say, hey, any time you say the ball has run to it, I'd always tell you, well, that tells me the guy doesn't finish off his pitches and get the ball down enough. Because if the ball's down enough with run, we're going to call it sink. So these guys have got to get their bodies down into the action, get into the bottom third of the strike zone, if that's the type of style of pitcher they are. Just like the guys that are throwing elevated fastballs, you're not going to uh, extend your trunk as much as you would on a ball down with elevated fastballs.
3: So one of the good things about this big foul territory is it gives you more time to think about what you're going to say to the pitcher when you go out to talk to him, because sometimes you got to be like a psychologist. Tell us what it's like. Bob Melvin says go talk to him. You've got to deliver the right message. Each guy's different. Each guy's wired differently. What is that like when you're walking out what are you thinking?
7: Well, you know, sometimes it's planned, you know, Around 20, 25 pitches, you're starting to think, "All right, I got to give this guy a break." You're looking at the scoreboard, how many mound visits we have left, and is is this trip worth going out right now? You know, if the game's on the line, you got to go out the best you can. You got to know each pitcher how they respond to you coming out. Some don't like you coming out, and I, I tell them, "I don't like coming out either, but I wouldn't be out here." if we're dealing, you know, you get the first two guys out. I'm not coming out just with nobody on base, you know, so it, it's it's a, it's a feel thing for me. It's a it's a timing issue. Uh, you know, some guys, you, you, you really got to kick a little bit and get in there a little bit, but it's always a positive reinforcement. I, I remember I go back to this uh, the, uh, Lou Trevino's first game in Yankee Stadium. It didn't fare so well, and I went out there, and I, I remember telling him, hey, you're built for this. You are built for this opportunity. Your stuff is good enough. This is what you're all about. And, you know, I can't remember what happened, but I know the wild card game, I made a trip to him, and I said, hey, remember three months ago what I said to you? You're built for this. And he had runners, I believe, on first and second, and he got a double play ball and got out of the inning. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's setting up different trips. I mean, there's a lot of different things and different emotions that go out there when you're making a trip to the mound. But I like to stay positive. Uh, because, you know, you go out to the mound and tell the guy, hey, throw strikes, you know, he's looking at you like, no doubt, you know, I mean, <laughs> come on, you know, like, hey, you got to get the ball down, hey, yeah, yeah, okay, let me write that down, Nemo, let me write that down, you know, so they, they know, you know, in general, when they make mistakes, Yeah. you know, they they hopefully they're good self-evaluators of themselves that they made a mistake, but I'm coming out there with, you know, maybe it's hey, get to get to the uh, get to your number one pitch a little bit more often and see what happens there. No matter what the scouting report says at this point in time, we're kind of scattery. We got to get balls in certain areas. You got to get to your number one pitch a little bit more and get yourself back into the flow of the game. And I think about
3: the analytics. We're talking a lot about analytics right now and all the data because we're actually doing. You, you know, Vince and. Uh, you know, Saris, are doing an analytic broadcast here on A's cast tonight. So it's going to be interesting.
7: Yeah, I talked to him about it already. <laughs> you, you'll probably hear me on there a little bit.
3: Oh, nice. There might be
7: three or four minutes of me on there for that one.
3: Nice. Well, and that's the thing. It's like some guys, like Robbie Grossman just said, he's into it. Some guys are not. Like we've talked to Coco about it, and Coco's like, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm C-ball hit ball. How much do you want your guys using the data because some guys, I guess, it will work for, and some guys, you could be a head case.
7: Well, you know, I, I go back to think of, you know, what is analytics? Analytics is math and numbers, right? We've had this in the game forever. We've had batting average forever. Now, batting average may not be the ultimate tool to identify a good hitter nowadays because we got more more stuff. we got got uh, OPS and all that type of stuff. And, like, with a pitcher walks and strikeouts, maybe you're looking more at whip. So, you know, for me – Uh, numbers and statistics have always been around it's always something that I loved looking into but now that we're getting new statistics new different names and and different styles of statistics and maybe a projective outcome uh, you'd be crazy not to look at these numbers and 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 formulate your game plan and and want to know okay what has this guy been doing what does it look like he could be doing because you know you got ways to kind of figured that out it's like a gps system hey this is your fastest route to one one place this is a little bit slower so you're kind of looking at it and i I use that gps in in saying that hey maybe i can get there this way or maybe i can get there that way but there's always a way to get there so numbers for me are huge separation is preparation if you don't prepare the right way you're not putting yourself in a in a good position to have success and and study for the test i mean I try to tell the pitchers all the time, when when you're out there pitching, that's the test. Study for it. Know what to throw. Know your spin rates. Know your elevation. Be a student of the game so you're preparing your mind. And when you take the mound, you feel like, man, I'm on top of the world because I know what I'm going to do. I know what I can do. But the analytic part is kind of like a plan A and a plan B. There is a plan C. The plan C is I don't have nothing today. I got to get back to my number one pitch and just execute that pitch. So there's a lot of different, why didn't he throw this pitch? Why didn't he throw that pitch? Because he didn't have it today. So we had to move on to plan B or or plan A or plan C. And that's what I'm doing in the dugout. We got our plan on paper of what we want to do according to the analytics. I got Pike Goldschmidt and Marcus Jensen, our bullpen coach, and Pike's one of our analysts. We're, we're compiling the game plan. Pike's giving us good information, and we gotta hope and know that our pitchers can execute this game plan. It's my job when I get the numbers and the analytics of what these pitchers should do, can they do it and do they like to do it? You know, it's really hard to go into a major league game and say, Hey, you need to do this, even though you don't do it really well. But the analytics say you need to do it. That's what our rap soto, that's what our practice sessions are for. And when I evaluate those numbers in the rap soto session of our, our bullpens and say, Okay, this is a, now becoming a spot that you can attack and you can go to because you're getting good at it. And sometimes, you know, it, with a big lead, I might say to a guy, hey, throw this pitch a little bit more and let's see what's going on with it, you know. You give up a run here and there doing it, I'm all right with that. And that's that's kind of tough on, on the pitchers, too, because what are we getting paid on nowadays? These guys are getting paid on their numbers and the analytics, and now you ask them to try something in a big league game and maybe give up a run up 12 to nothing, they might not want to do that stuff anymore. But... Uh, Uh, To sum it up, if you're not looking into the numbers and looking at ways to get better by using the numbers, in my opinion, you're going backwards. So the numbers are so important because that's where we're heading, and if you're not heading in the direction where the game is going, you're going the wrong way.
3: Lou Trevino. I mean, not Lou Trevino. Blake Trinan. What's the difference in Blake this year compared to last year?
7: I think it's uh, just a little bit of confidence in Blake. You know, Blake's still got good electric stuff. Uh, He doesn't really feel sometimes great about what his his ball is doing on the sinker side of what we talked about a little bit earlier. But confidence, you know, who knows what comes first, success or confidence. You know, we got to get Blake confident because he's got electric stuff. He's got got some of the best stuff I've ever seen from any pitcher ever. And uh, when he's rolling and he's confident, you see what happened last year. So we just gotta get him back into that great mindset and he's gotta get himself back into that great mindset. The power of positivity. You know, we got so much negative stuff going on in this world that it, it kinda of blows my mind. It's like misery T V, you know, let let's get into the positives, let's push this guy with a bunch of confidence, get after it and know you can do the job and don't hope you can do the job.
3: I'm not trying to push you out of the dugout. I'm not trying to take the uniform off you, but the minute you don't want to do this anymore, you are going to be an outstanding color guy for a broadcast team. I guarantee it.
7: Well, you know, I mean, I did, I did go to college and take some broadcasting classes, but uh, I do like, I love the game of baseball. That's the bottom line, you know, and and I want to teach these guys, and, and maybe at some point in time I'm going to have to talk about how to teach these guys and, and move into that booth. I don't know. But I, I love this organization so much. I've, I've been, a, been a part of this place since 2003. Since uh, it's an amazing group of people that, uh, you know, let, let's face it, if, if they say we don't have the funds to do certain things, we've got to be creative and find ways to, to dig things out of the hole. And, and that's what I love to do is try to find ways to get people better and try to get uh, this team and this organization to be where we want to be at the end of the day. And that's winning championships. And, and, and right now, our goal is, you know, give it everything you got one day at a time, win these ball games. But at the end of the day, I want these guys competing. You know, if we lose games, that, that's, that's baseball. You know, we, we, we had a couple bad innings and made a couple mistakes in Houston, and we only won one game. But I kind of like the way we threw the baseball. You know, we won a couple games with no walks, and we, we threw strikes. We did make some mistakes, but that's going to happen. But, you know, our front office goes out and, and does whatever it takes and, and finds stuff uh, all over the place. And and it's our jobs to get these guys to maximize their potential and be the best player they can be. And right now we're in a good position, but we there's a lot of baseball left, and we just got to keep plugging along.
3: You are the best, Emo. You are the man. Coming up next, I've been dying to. I I have a way that I'm going to make the president and myself some money. I'm going to make some money. Wait, we're going to see if Dave Cowell is going to agree with me next, right here on A's Cast Live.
2: Hey, this is Fred of the B-52s, and whenever my flying saucer is over Oakland, I listen to A's Cast Live.
0: Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
3: And it's time for the build here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live with the president of your organization, the Oakland Athletics. How have you been? You've been on a big trip.
1: I have. I've, I Actually, I was at the original Coliseum in Rome. Nice. Yeah, I went and did some uh, market research, checked out the vomitories and the old uh, concourses, and uh, it's barely holding up. Our place is looking a lot better, I gotta tell you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have an idea. I've been dying to talk Shoot, to you. Shoot, what do you got? Okay, so they, we've had people say that robo-ump's coming to big league baseball. That is going to happen. So here is my idea. Okay. We live in the best part of the country for this. Because what happens with Robo ump is they're gonna the computer will call the radar will call balls and strikes. Well, the problem is with everybody who's not behind home plate, you won't be able to tell. So what that's I want to do is because I know Hawkeye is coming to Major League Baseball. It is,
1: it is. Yes. That's what they yeah, use in tennis. A, yeah, and that and that's a great program. So
3: yeah. we can track wherever the ball goes on the field. I'd like to develop an app where. We're getting the millennials there in here. Go. So if you're down the left field line or wherever, you can follow the balls and strikes on your phone. So, it's boom, it's letting you know right away what's going on. As you yep. know it on the field, you get it on the phone, you see the location of it. We could get the stat cast numbers in there, the
1: spin, the velocity, yeah, all this kind can of be, stuff. it could be in real time. That'd be a gr- I think that's actually a really cool thing, especially for younger folks who love that kind of stuff on their phones. And
3: they're going to be on their phones, and then it can track the ball wherever it goes so you can actually see exactly where it lands. And here's the beauty part. Talk In- to me. In between innings,
1: we're running ads. Well, well, that's an ad model. That's a good thing. You know how that works. That's working well for Facebook, so we can see how that works.
3: All of a sudden, if Scott Emerson comes out, the pitching coach, we're
1: running an ad. There we go. There we go. I like that. Well, what do you think about the robo up? What do you think about that? I in can't general? wait for it. You can't wait for yeah, it. Yeah, because w- what's happening is. Is it going to be like RoboCop? Is it going to be like a, like a robot? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> that, no, that I didn't would be know. Great. I didn't know how you're thinking about this. That would be great. And it's like animated. It's got like Leslie Nielsen the Naked Gun. You know, is that the way it's going to go? There, there's no
3: there yeah. no managers coming after Robocop. That's what I'm
1: saying. <laughs> you, you don't get thrown out. You get beat up.
3: So here's here's what I like about it. And we had actually the president of the Atlantic League. Yeah. I mean, something that you would have done back in the yeah, day, back
1: in when the '80s days. Yeah. yeah so
3: yeah. he he came on our show yesterday. He was fabulous. And I asked him. I said, "Okay, tell me." Do the hitters like it? Do the pitchers like it? He says they love it because the strike zone is consistent yeah. every game, every park, and that's what they like about it. And the high strike is being called. What I like about it, it's going to force hitters to go up yep. and start swinging, yep. which means our games will be faster.
1: Well, I think that, and that's an important reason to consider it and think about it. And also, like, you could potentially at the beginning of the season, if you felt the offense or defense was too much or too little, you could slightly adjust it. Bring it down a half inch, whatever you needed to do. So it allows you to calibrate. So I think it's a cool concept. So. Yeah, I can't wait. And it's for- great we're trying that in the Atlantic League. That's the thing. We're, we're trying new things there. It's a great partnership. It's a great reason why the Indy Leagues are really beneficial for baseball. So I'm really happy to see yeah, that. Yeah,
3: you would have been perfect for the Atlantic League. Oh, yeah. Well, I had the <laughs> Golden League. Same kind of thing. Same
1: kind of thing. So.
3: Okay, the number one thing, the build. How are we doing with the, the new stadium in 2023? I got to tell you, we're, we're
1: doing great. You know, we're on track for our 2023 opening. You know, we're working towards a really big vote of the city council in the first uh, quarter of next year. You know, we're working through the environmental reviews. We have our two pieces of legislation in Sacramento. They're actually coming to a final vote in August. And so things are really coming together very nicely, and I'm very pleased with the progress we've made this year. We've had a tremendous year with all the unanimous votes, all the momentum that we're building, and it just shows that this community and this, you know, you know, baseball community in Oakland, in the East Bay, is ready and supporting our efforts.
3: You know, you think about everybody on these councils and you think of all these different groups and you think of all the leadership and the politicians. You, you know, once that last Warrior game hit, mm-hmm. and they know the Raiders because yep. we're seeing the progress of the stadium in Las Vegas. It's really being built. Yeah, yeah it's going real. There. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how much is that helping you when you talk to these people saying, hey, we're the ones that want to stay here. We want to be here.
1: Well, I, th- I think – That's a huge part of this. And then I think seeing our vision for Oakland, our two projects, you know, redeveloping the Coliseum site, keeping the arena, the mixed use development, then our amazing, you know, waterfront location at Howard Terminal. People are excited about what this can mean for the city. And especially we've done so much public outreach and received so much positive feedback and even, you know, constructive feedback on things that could be changed and improved, that people know that we're listening and we're open and transparent about the process. And that's gonna be really important for this to be successful
3: listening you know a lot of people do. To. a lot of people don't yeah y- you do when, when it when it, and that's a skill really
1: you just learn it over time you know i feel like the the project down in san jose with the earthquakes you know some of the maybe fits and starts we had on that you know areas where maybe we didn't listen as well enough you learn from that you know the setbacks that it can bring so it's better to get people on board and build that buy-in and you know, really make them feel that it's their project too that it's not just the Earthquakes project or the A's project—it's the community coming together to build this new ballpark that you know, we're paying for, privately financed—that's going to really transform a part of the city. You're
3: you're a two-location guy because this is the what, what you're doing yeah. here is you did the same thing down in San Jose, and it's
1: exciting because you know we just got uh, Verizon just came in as one of the tenants down there. Um, we already have Roku. You know the whole Coleman Highline development, which is a Avaya stadium, it's been a huge success. It connected the Caltrain station there to San Jose. And so, you know, I see now, you know, almost 10 years later, the success of that project. What we're doing here, we are on that same glide path. And I think for many people, you know, we're still early in the process. But as we continue to have success, get more unanimous votes, get the shovel in the ground, we're going to build that momentum. With the location here.
3: Is it officially you own half of it yet? Where are we with that?
1: Yeah, so we we got the the five zero vote, a unanimous vote of the county supervisors to sell their half to us, and we're in the final stages of the definitive agreement on that. And I was just talking to a couple of the supervisors today, and you know that's a great thing for us and for the city, and kind of breaking the logjam between the city and the county, and really bringing a vision for this this part of the the community to make sure that East Oakland. Is honored and that is developed and invested in in a real way and in a future thinking way and that's going to be really important
3: i always thought it had to be very very tough and it's not anybody's fault because this is just something that happened in the 60s but when you have a county and a city and they're both unusual yeah there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen
1: yeah and and so that was a difficult like governance structure and so i think our ability to come in and you know, spend the dollars, to pay off the debt. And remember, this is the debt that we're paying off that actually was to lure the Raiders back and to unburden the city and county from that obligation so the money can be used, obviously, for regular social services, homeless, traffic, whatever it ends up being. It's a good, it's a win for everyone. And I think that's a great thing about the project.
3: When you have the design of the stadium, we've seen different renderings. Mm-hmm. Is it set for sure, or is it still open to to have some changes? You may see something. You were at the Coliseum
1: in Rome. I was. I was at the original. <laughs> I saw some amazing things. Yeah, exactly, where they had the Lions and Tigers. Yeah. So,
3: you, yeah. you, I mean, you guys have traveled all over and looked at all the new different ballparks, but
1: is it set in stone, or is that something well, that's still to change? Well, we're doing the schematic design, which is, you know, sharpening the pencil you do you first do conceptual design which is done then you do schematic design then you do design development and construction documents so we're kind of maybe 40 percent through that whole process and as you get farther it gets more defined and then you can't change it but we're still at a point where we can incorporate some changes looking at the premium inventory looking at the bleachers who want an awesome bleacher area yeah you know we've we've met with the folks who are here and who are like the lifeblood of the coliseum experience how do we make sure they have a great experience at the New York? That's going to be important. So we're looking at those types of design elements. We're talking to the players. We're talking to baseball ops. What do they need in the player amenities? We want that to be world class. How do we make sure we can provide the right food, ambiance, you know, play, uh, areas for players, wives, and families. And so, like, all those things are important. So that's not finalized, but it's it's moving forward pretty quickly and. It's going to be important because we got to hit all our deadlines to, to make it all happen.
3: And I'm sure one of the things that that you think of at night before you go to bed is that great studio for AceCast Live. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> it's going to
1: be the it's going to be like a Taj Mahal to Townsio <laughs> here. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Uh, but no, and it was cool. You know, the other day we had BRK Ingles here in town, and we actually we went over to Oracle Park and we checked it out. And he hadn't seen that stadium. He's seen a lot of stadiums, and especially that's a waterfront location and we're not looking to duplicate Oracle Park where the Giants play, but I think there's some things we can learn that what worked and what didn't work there. We're going to have a far more intimate stadium. You're going to be a lot closer to the action, and you're going to have that incredible park on the roof, which I think is going to be something that's just going to be so world-class during the games to be up in that setting. Baseball, you know, baseball was originally played to park, you know, back in Hoboken or whatever. It's the same kind of thing, but we're bringing it all the way forward, you know, 150 years, and so – that type of connection to the roots of the game, I think, is really powerful. You know, I get asked this all the time. I'm sure you've been asked it. Are, are,
3: are there still going to be food trucks at the new park? Of course. You know I love food trucks. Yeah, you're a food truck I guy. do food trucks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yes, there are going to be food trucks. There's going to be great pavilion space. We're going to have the two-sided video board. We're going to have all the access to the waterfront locations in the public realm. And the cranes. Those cranes are going to stay. I mean, those things are awesome. They tower above you. It's like you're in Star Wars, man. I mean, it's just really cool.
3: It's going to make for, like, great shirts, sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. And for, it's going to be. Yeah,
1: it's going to be some great swag. And then, yeah. you know, the, the photo opportunities, Instagram and snaps and everything. I think the location is going to be a great backdrop for all that. And I think a lot of people, you know, ballpark tourists will come there because, you know, our stadium is designed so differently than anything in the league. And this is going to really break a lot of new ground, which we're really proud of. So tonight we're having an analytics broadcast
3: here on A's. I cast. love it.
1: Breaking more ground, and yeah. I, I want to tell people we'll still have our regular
3: Ken Korak and Ray Fossey on eight sixty The Those Answer great. and yep. Sports eleven forty KHDK, But yep. on A's Cast tonight, it's going to have that analytics slant it to it. W- what do you
1: think? Are you excited? I love it. I think it's a it's a great way for people to understand how our baseball operations department views the game, and have folks like Ben Lowry and David Forrest on the broadcast giving their perspective because I know when I sit down with those guys and gals and they look at the game, they look at it through a different lens. And I think it's important for fans to understand that because I think in some ways it's a little bit of our special sauce like Moneyball, but it also is a way that more and more teams are evaluating players, looking at what, you know, leads to success. And so I think it can be a really fun way for fans to kind of get an inside edge and, and see uh, how we look at things.
3: No, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. So, Just to wrap this thing up, what's the next big thing for you?
1: Um, It's really those two bills in Sacramento. I got another hearing in August on uh, 1191, which is our state lands bill, and then it will go to the floor if we get through that um, of the Senate. And so then there will actually be two votes in late August or early September and then hopefully we'll get Gavin Newsom, the governor, to sign it. So,
3: Beautiful. Be Thank you. Stuff. Thank you for showing up. Awesome.
1: Thanks for being. Happy. Thanks for having me.
3: And I'm going to make us some money with that app. Let's when we do get it. Robo up. Robo up. Robo ump Robo going to make happening. us some. It's yeah, We're going to get the millennials in their phones. <laughs> Big money. He's the president right here on A's Cast Live.
0: Broadcasting from the town, A's Cast Live continues. It's truly amazing. I knew this
3: show would be a lot of fun to do. I just didn't realize just how everybody would react to it. I mean, you think. You think of the people that have just come up today that weren't even scheduled to come on. Chris Herman. Ray Fossey. The face of the franchise. Robbie Grossman came over. Emo. I mean, Emo. Nadell, the Hall of Fame voice of the Texas Rangers. I mean, the guest—you can't, You can't. You couldn't be in a radio studio and get all of that you have to be like 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 when we're in the uh we're in our our, when the team is on the road and we're doing this show from the uh from the remote remote uh ace
8: A's cast live we can't tell
3: you where it is my house um when we're doing it in my studio we can't get that but here i mean look you just you just had the president of the
8: organization on actually we can do that we did get joey chesson on the phone yes we did
3: the great, one of the great San Jose State Spartans of all time who woofed down 71 hot dogs this year. The Dynasty. To win his 12th Muster Belt. The greatest competitive eater. Wait, we have the greatest football coach of all time, Bill Walsh, San Jose State. Some people may say Bill Belichick, but I'll still go with Bill Walsh. <laughs> the greatest competitive eater. I mean, we've got some great, great graduates here. You ready to do a little buying or selling? And look, Cody puts together a whole rundown for the show. We'll be able to use all this tomorrow. <laughs>
0: It's time for buying or selling right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live.
8: Well, Tony, I don't know if you caught all the excitement that happened over the last few days, but the Minnesota Twins and the New York Yankees played a nice little three-game series. Oh, uh, in those three games, how long were the games? They were. I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't keep track of the time, but they were over. Well, over three hours. Oh, they were over four hours. One game was almost five hours. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. Well, it, was, it wasn't good time-wise. It was good to watch, to see all the home runs. There was 20 home runs hitting that game in that series. But, 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 just... but
3: he, 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 here's the real deal, right? Here's the real deal. And they say it like Titanic. Titanic, you could have cut like 30 minutes out of it, right? Who? How many people? How many, Jack. How many, how many times would you sign up for, hey, you're going to go to a movie and it's going to be five hours. Would you go? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay, well, it's the same thing with baseball. It's how many people can really sit. And I think the same thing's happening in college football because every single time a pass is dropped, college football games are going well over four hours now. I mean, how many people really have four to five hours to just sit somewhere and just watch one thing? A lot of people don't have that kind of time.
8: No, they don't. And like I was saying, 20 home runs were hit in a series between the two teams. That's the sixth time that's happened in a series ever the records twenty-two between the Orioles and Cardinals two years ago, but this ties into what I'm getting at. The Twins lost that series two games to one to the Yankees, and they split the series against the A's. The Twins are now three and seven in their last ten games. They're playing right now, and they're actually lo- they're actually uh, they're tied right now with Chicago. They hold a two-game lead over the Indians, who are actually playing right now and losing and trailing to the Kansas City Royals. Their rotation bullpen have been struggling lately. Buying or selling, the Minnesota Twins will miss the playoffs completely. I'm selling that.
3: Yeah, I'm selling that. I think the Minnesota Twins will be. I mean, you could have Cleveland could be trading Bauer, Trevor Bauer. I mean, they're in the playoffs. If it ends right now, they could they'd be in the playoffs, and they could be trading Trevor Bauer. So I'm going to sell. I think the uh, I think the Twinkies in the end will be in the postseason.
8: All right. Well, Remember,
3: ball goes far, team goes far. Yeah, they
8: have 194 home runs right now. They're on pace for 311, which will shatter. The record set last year by the Yankees. Was that 266? 267. 267? They they they're going to, my God. 311. It's July 25th. Well, that's why we have Dr. Meredith Wills,
3: who's right over here to my right. I have a couple baseballs for her to uh,
8: to do her magic, to see what's going on with the ball. She's going to cut them up. So I don't know if you saw this earlier today. Um, well, The reigning AL Cy Young uh, winner, Blake Snell, is going to be out for a while with yeah. the uh, four weeks after having elbow surgery. The Rays are another team that are struggling. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is on a 60-day, 60-day injured list, who is one of their, their other good starters. They saw Charlie Morton pitching very well. loves the curveball. Broke down all those pitches for him. We'll get to that tomorrow. The Rays need outfield help, and they have four of the top 30 prospects. And their top 50 prospects, according to Kufa, they have four of them. Buying or selling the Tampa Bay Rays will be the will make the biggest splash at the deadline. I am
3: selling once again. They made the biggest flash last
8: year, getting uh getting two guys for Chris Archer. I'm telling you
3: right now, they are they're they're one of those teams that I would bet they're gonna be don't move your prospects. That's our future. They're not gonna mortgage. They're the type of team that can't mortgage their future by getting rid of young guys. Because that's the as of right now, that's the only way they're going to survive is by having young, cheap players having the lowest payroll. They're so behind the A's when it comes to a ballpark. We were just there. Well, it was a couple of months, like yeah, a couple a month months ago.
8: ago. Tampa, was, uh, it was in like May, May, June. So yeah, about a month ago. So
3: about a month ago, we were there, or a month and a half. And they're a train wreck. People think they should be in Tampa. St. Petersburg still wants them. Montreal wants them. Yeah, then, then there's the Montreal. I mean, they're a rep, but, but the way they survive is young, good players that are under control. So I'm going to sell.
8: Yeah, I, I, I grew up in an area where Pittsburgh doesn't like to trade their prospects either. They finally did it last year, and now everyone's saying that it was the worst trade ever because Chris Archer has been um, a disaster. Okay, well, if you saw this, Pete on has 33 home runs on the season. He already shattered the rookie record, or the Mets' rookie record, which was set by Daryl Strawberry, which was 26. He did that, like, I don't know, a month and a half ago. Uh, he's on pace at 53 home runs this season, which would break Aaron Judge's rookie record of 52 set two years ago. Yeah. Buying or selling, Peter Alonso is already the greatest Mets hitter ever. <laughs>
3: I'm buying. He's going to hit like 800 home runs if the ball stays the way it does, and you have a career like we think he can be. Who knows? I mean, can 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 he pass Bonds if the balls are flying out like this and you? Are are we going to get to a point where we're going to have players buying or selling who are going to be averaging 50 or more home runs a year? Well, you start doing that, it adds up pretty quick. Look what happened to Bonds. Bonds wasn't a great home run hitter, but all of a sudden, Barry became super Barry, got on the juice. And same thing with Sammy Sosa. When Sammy starts putting up
8: 360-plus home run seasons, your grand total rises really quick. I, I I think that you're you're getting a little jumping a little far here because I think Gordon Alvarez is going to break Barry Bonds' record. I said already, he's going to be the greatest Astro ever after the season. After you mentioned that,
3: he's been in a slump, yeah, so he's, you he's you, may, d- you may be the black cat on yeah. that one.
8: Okay, well I don't know if you know this, but Shane Bieber of the Indians has, not Justin. Oh, yeah, not not that's his brother. the, the, uh, the Biebs. Almost had a uh, no hitter last night. He ended up finishing a shutout. Uh, he's not on a,
3: somebody's fantasy team. That yeah, I heard. That,
8: that's true. I don't I can't I don't know who that is. He might be on two of that that guy's teams. Anyway, Bieber had a shutout, not this, a complete this game This guy shutout. has multiple fantasy teams. He does. One of them is the dynasty league. Huh. That's a lot of, lot of dedication in dynasty league. Stuff. Yes. Uh, so Bieber is now ten and three in the year with a three forty four ERA and twenty one starts. He's one hundred and sixty six strikeouts and one hundred and thirty three innings. He was the All Star game MVP, and he has two shutouts a season. Trevor Bauer nine and seven three forty nine ERA, but he has one hundred and seventy nine Ks the, and he has the most innings pitched in baseball at one hundred and fifty two innings buying or selling Shane Bieber as the ace of the Cleveland Indians. Corey Kluber's injured, so I, yeah, I let Kluber out. But he's throwing, though. Yeah. He's throwing again. And he was on the list of worst trade deadline deals ever when the Padres traded him in 2010. So essentially,
3: you have to ask yourself, you going with the Biebs or you going with Bauer? In a, if it, let's say you keep Bauer and you got a one-game playoff. And right now, right, they'd be hosting it. Yeah, they would. It'd be them. They'd be hosting the A's. They'd be hosting the A's. Who would you? Who, who would you? I'm giving you your Tito Francona. You can set up the rotation any way you want. Who are you going with? I love Trevor Bauer. But I'm going with Shane Bieber.
8: I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm throwing the Beavs out there.
3: I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Did you see Bauer. him in the
8: All-Star game? The fans love him. I hear you. I'm going Bauer. All right. Well, I was gonna. I was. Gonna, I love Bauer. I was did gonna. You, s- did we, we play the sound? Did we play it yesterday? Do we play it now? No where he talked about he's got
3: a bet. If he ever signs a multi-year deal, his buddy gets to hit him in his genitalia
8: from about, what, oh, 10 feet? Oh, no, no, not hit him. He gets to shoot him in the nuts with a paintball gun from 10 feet away. <laughs> okay, you said that. Yeah, what well, there's no FCC. No, it, well, we, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, we're Ace Cast Live. I'm like Jim Harbaugh. We're speak. the 49ers. We can do anything we want. All right, I'm going to skip the Trevor. now let's get the Trevor Bauer one. So Trevor Bauer is a very open-minded individual. He loves that's analytics, crazy. and he applies the numbers to his game. He likes to build his own pitches. He builds himself as a pitcher, yes. which is great. We're going to have the guy from the Texas baseball ranch on Monday oh, but, that he works at. You need to explain this. Yeah. So Bauer, Bauer is a he likes to work out at the Texas baseball ranch. So when he got traded from the Diamondbacks to the Indians, that's where the Indians went to meet him. He likes to work out there, and they teach him how to build velocity, and, and they're teaching you how to build velocity. So fascinating stuff. We're going to have Ron Woolforth on, the guy that runs the Texas baseball ranch on Monday. Bauer likes to use high-speed cameras, and he also uses social media very well, which a lot of players don't do. Buying or selling Trevor Bauer's knowledge of analytics will actually help his trade value. What? Think about it. His – his, his, his He's using analytics to make himself a better pitcher so he can help other pitchers. On, like, Bieber and Clevenger love him yeah. for that. So you trade him, and his value's going to go up because he's like, oh, he, you can help a lot of our younger pitchers.
3: Oh, I okay, then I'm buying. Now I get it. I'm totally buying. And – I am with him. We said this yesterday, but I'll say it again. It was Mark Grace years ago when he was with the D-backs who said, if you want to maximize your value as a player and make the most money you possibly could make, sign just one-year deals. Have confidence in yourself. Hopefully you don't get hurt and sign just one-year deals. Because that that's kind of been something for me that I've wanted to see certain teams do. Say, hey, listen, if you don't want to pay someone $200 million, why not pay a guy two years $60 million? Pay him 30 years per. Because you're worried about longevity. You worry about this big, long contract. is now Trout's over $400 million, Harper and Machado uh, uh, are over $300 million. How about just drastically overpay for one year or two years to have a guy? And then you're getting him in his prime. Yeah, I agree. And so Bauer, I would love to see Bauer just go, okay, after this, I'm just signing one-year deals.
8: Well, we have to end the show today. I'll save the Troy Tulowitzki one for tomorrow. But congrats to Tulo. Bury a kid on his announcer's time about San Jose years. guy.
3: I went to, free, where are going to where Fremont. Where you High School, High School in Sunnyvale? Yeah.
8: yeah, okay. What do you got? That's, that's it, it. That's it. Yeah, we, we're done. We're going to go to the face of A's all night. Alex. Jensen. Oh, the
3: great Alex Jensen. He called a no hitter the other day. Yes, How many he of us did. can say we've done that? I, I've never called a yeah, no hitter. There it is. So, Alex Jensen, and don't forget, we're going to have our Sabre Metrics broadcast tonight. It is going to be Eno Saris with Vince Catronio, and then we're going to have our regular broadcast on 860, The Answer, and Sports 1140, KHTK. I will be back getting you ready for A's baseball in about 10 minutes. Thank you for listening, everybody. You've been listening to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.